Hello, good evening, everybody. This is your boy, Pastor Santa. Come on, this is The Real Word. What's up, y'all? This is your co-host, Ricard Gina Wells. Welcome you to, a, to the 24th episode of the third season. Shout out to everybody that's been watching. Shout out to everybody that's been supporting. Shout out to everybody that's been just supporting the whole entire movement. As we reach our end of our third season, we thank all the guests that's been with us thus far. We thank all of you for supporting. Shout out to everybody that's been supporting. Shout out to everybody that's been donating www.gofundme.com backslash the real word that's www.gofundme.com backslash the real word shout out to everybody that's been subscribing to the youtube we have over 600 youtube subscribers that's www.youtube.com backslash c for channel backslash the real word tv that's the real word tv on youtube and shout out to everybody that's been following us on instagram because our instagram has been growing up too that's um at the real word tv on instagram the real Word TV on Instagram, but today we have a very special guest. Introduce yourself, sir. All right, Mandy. Tell the people about yourself, bro. Um, I grew up in Brooklyn, grew up in Canarsie, uh, went to school in Kingsborough, York College, Brooklyn College, now work in Manhattan and up in Harlem. Did you go to Canarsie High School too? Yeah, I went to Canarsie High School. That's what's up, that's what's up. Shout out to Canarsie. Canarsie in the house, without a doubt. All three of us up. went to Canarsie, right? Yes, sir. So shout out to Canarsie. Shout out to um, the whole Canarsie High School, the, the Canarsie Chief. Shout out to y'all. So what kind of work do you do, if I may ask? Um, I'm a teacher. I teach oh. phys ed. Okay, okay. That's what's up, son. How was that? How you enjoy that? Um, it's good. Uh, get the summers off. Get the holidays off. But the most part is, uh, most fun part is I get paid to have fun and play with the kids. Like, you don't get to play. That's cool. So, what's um, what's one challenge that you face being a gym teacher? Um, just knowing that when they come to the gym, they're excited for your class, and knowing that they're gonna get excited, but you gotta keep them excited. Also, gotta bring them back down where they gotta focus and listen. Um, one of the other challenges sometimes, depending on the level you teach at, you have. 50 kids so our student teacher ratio is a 50 to 1 yeah. compared to classrooms sometimes like a 32 or 35 to 1. Why so big? Um, I don't know I think that's something the DOE or just how the city or the state runs it I don't really know how their rules go. Um, yeah. If it was my point of view I think one of the big challenges is that there's not a lot, a lot of gymnasiums in the school. There's only one gym. Yeah, that's a fact. Um, some schools don't have gyms. They have the phys ed class in a lunchroom, stuff like that. So wow. it's hard. Wait, some, some, some people do gym in the classroom? In, in the, the classroom lunchroom? or in the lunchroom. Some schools' buildings don't have actual gymnasiums, so they do them in the lunchroom. Why do they do it that way, though? How come? The lunchrooms have bigger space. Where else would you do it? Oh, yeah, the lunchrooms are real big. Yeah. They still have food fights at schools now? I don't know. I don't I don't know, I'm not there, but I'm pretty sure some schools do have it. Back in the days, you used to have fun. We used to do um, food fight things, to do milk bombs, where they open the milk and they throw it across the room and hit a kid in the face. Plow! <laughs> um, I still see stink bombs here and there. Do they still do bomb rushes? Bomb rushes? No. Oh, not that man. I see. I mean, that depends on the school. Man, these kids fell off. Wow. So what got you into that? Like, what made you do that out of all things? Because, you know... For those that don't know, Andy and I grew up together. Um, Andy used to come to my house all the time when we was in high school. And Andy turned his life around. You know, Andy probably is quiet about that. He might not talk about it. But at one time, Andy was, you know, you was almost a high school dropout. Like, you wasn't with school at all. He used to cut class and hang out at my house. <laughs> and my dad's like, why this kid always here? Like, you don't have class. 
<laughs> you, you would dress up for school, put on a book bag, and you would just hang out at my house and be on the computer all day. And then, like, you know, eventually you went to, um, you you did your degree. I believe you you did night school, right? Yeah, I did night school. I got out. Um, I kind of worked the system, you know, kind of what they'd say, uh, fake it till you make it. Yeah. Um, I graduated high school because of night school and summer school. That was the easy avenues for me to get out. Mm hmm and then you went to Kingsborough, you did that for a little bit. And then from Kingsborough, you went to York, right? Yep. And then from York, um, you went to Brooklyn College, and then you did yep. your master's. And you know, and now you're a successful man, you would say, right? I don't want to say successful, I'm not exactly where I want to be yet. But, you know, I'm trying to get there step at a time. And what do you want to be exactly? Um, eventually have a house, family, kids. Just not at that level yet. Career, you know, trying to get, get a set. Um, but... So far, so good. Mm. So what caused you to make such a turnaround in your life? Like from the boy that used to cut school to the man you are today that's basically mentoring these kids now? Um, it's funny because looking back, I'm actually proud of where I came from. Um, I used to cut school a lot. Um, school wasn't interesting for me. Um, I always knew I was going to finish high school. It was just stalling and just playing around and stuff like that. Um, not really focused, and then when I actually graduated high school, I knew I had to go to college. That's the way I was raised. Mm. The difference was, I used to look at a 95 in high school versus 65 in high school. I was fine with the 65. Mm. Either way, it got me one credit. Um, difference is you did way more work to get a 95 and did less work. Same exact classes. When I went to college is when the problem existed. Um, you need a 2.0 GPA, which is a C, which is a 75. And I'm like, okay. These can't cut it anymore. Mm -hmm. um, then I realized I need to graduate at 275 with my major. Then to get into a master's program, you need a 3.0 GPA, or you need to graduate 3.0. So that means you have to maintain a B average, which is 85. Exactly. So went from 65 is the bare minimum to essentially 85 is my bare minimum. So I realized I couldn't slack as much, so I kind of was a little bit more focused. And what did you major in, if I may ask? Um, my bachelor's is physical education, my master's is sports management. That's what's up. Um, right now, um, do you follow um, like uh, like high school sports teams? Not really, right? Nah, not really. Or basketball teams right now, right? Nah, not really. No, okay. Don't follow it. But like I said, I see Jamal still doing his thing. Um, Jamal Shelters, he's still doing his thing at Canarsie High School. I know it's no longer called Canarsie High School now, but he's still doing his thing in regards to holding it down as being one of the coaches and everything like that. Remember Jamal Schultz, right? Yeah, he played uh, I think running back for uh, for football. Yeah, for Temple. But but, 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 but oh, he played nice. for he played Temple, but he went to um, the Canada League. Okay. Yeah, he played for the for his brother. Um, Lance. Lance. Lance played for the Tennessee Titans and everything. Yeah. 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 So shout out to that whole Canarsie because at one time the Chiefs had a great football team. Well, I'm not facts, too sure with them now. Mm -hmm. um, but they was doing their thing. They was doing their thing. I mean, Canarsie the neighborhood has changed a lot, wouldn't you say, Andy? What do you think? Uh, changed in several ways, I think. Um, I think changed with society, too. Um, I know when I, I lived in Canarsie my whole life. I still live there now. Or when I was a kid, it was predominantly Caucasian. Yeah, a lot. Um, started changing. White flight. Um, then, I remember when I was growing up, I see a lot of kids outside, a lot of kids in the park and stuff like that. Mm. Now, I don't see kids outside at all, like just regularly hanging out on the stoop, you know, playing outside, playing tag, playing catch, simple things like that I don't even see anymore. Yeah, most of them are inside playing video games, Fortnite, things of that nature. And it's what seemed that, like, it was more violence, you know, as a um, certain group of people moved out and another group of people moved in. Unfortunately, when there's a lot of 
our people in a condensed area, they start to, I guess, interact with each other in a negative way. And growing up in Kanasi, I moved in to Kanasi when I was 10 years old. I was probably like 20 years ago. <laughs> we old heads now. And majority of the younger Caucasian folks moved out, and there was a bunch of older people left. And it was a few Asian people left, you know, like yourself. No pun intended. <laughs> and then... And then more West Indian people started to move in. And you can see how Kanasi changed a little bit, you know. Um, for the most part, a lot of the businesses were owned by people of other races, I would say. You know, the corner stores was mostly people from Yemen and I wouldn't say Afghanistan. I know most of them are from Yemen. Yeah, yeah, Middle Eastern people. And, you know, um, the Koreans had the nail salons and the um, laundry mats, dry, dry cleaners and things of that nature, you know. And it wasn't that much black businesses, even till now. And whenever there was black businesses, they did not stay open for too long. I remember there was one black dry cleaner on Avenue L. And I remember I brought my clothes to him a few times. He did okay, but he charged a little bit more than what the Koreans charged. What do you think of that, like the demographic changing? Um, I don't know about the business aspect. Especially as a kid, I never really looked at it. I either went to the store or didn't go to the store. I didn't really care to think about, oh, who owned it. Um, even to this day now, I don't really know who owns it. You know, the owner is someone different than who's actually behind the counter running it. Right? Majority of the time, it, it is the owner behind the counter. Okay. I mean, because yeah. it's more like the mom-pop shops. I yeah. mean, you also have, like, certain restaurants that are owned by um, Caribbean. I like the Caribbean restaurants. You have stuff like that. That's true, too. Um... I mean, I don't really know who owns or runs what, um, to be honest with you. Mm. You ever thought about starting a business? As an idea, I don't have a plan. What type of business would you run? That I don't know. Um, I've been playing sports my whole life growing up. Um, I've been like, I've been thinking about like certain leagues and stuff like that. Mm. Um, certain sports leagues. Um, kind of just get a permit for a field, pay for the insurance. And then you kind of have the teams pay for the refs and something like that, but that's a lot to get into. You got to get the clientele. That's a struggle. So I haven't really thought about that yet. I want to get you know certain stuff set in my life first. Mm. So what kind of sport would you want to start? Um, football is fine. Basketball is fine. Um, some of the hardest parts for basketball is finding a gym space. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, with football season, that's the hard part. Just keeping the clientele. I noticed that there's, there's many um, football field. There's there's, a, there's several football leagues in New York City, right? Yeah, that too. It's a whole bunch of like small leagues, like rough touches. Like think about it. Um, I teach in a in a school setting, right? I look at kids who play sports or just people who play sports. In high school, middle school, you're mandated. It was mandatory for you to play in a phys ed setting, at least, right? When you get to college, it's either you're gonna do it or you're not gonna do it, right? No one's forcing you. When you go older, you have kids and stuff. You have a family. No one wants to get hurt. But sometimes people still miss that aspect of it, right? They just want to go out and just kind of just hang out with the guys sometimes, and that's the avenue. Wow. Some people are there who want to be competitive and win. Somebody's like, nah, I just miss just hanging out with the boys and, you know, just play like that. And that's the way I really want to kind of get started. And don't get me wrong, you still get young cats who still want to play and stuff like that. But just having that there, um, but like I said, the struggle is so many leagues also. Wow. You need to have a good league where it's competitive. Um, the guys are having fun. There's no injuries and smooth. But it takes a lot of times a plan to actually get the clientele. Do you think us playing sports as kids, like playing football in the street or playing basketball in the backyard? Because growing up, we used to play football a lot, and we had our football seasons when we used to play football 
we, we used to play football in the middle of the street and we used to dent people's cars. And there was that one time when the guy broke the glass outside and poured Clorox so we could fall and cut ourselves because he and I wanted to play on his, on his block. Now, come and think of it, he, he was kind of racist now that you think of it. <laughs> and then um, we used to play basketball in the backyard from sun up to sundown. And then we used to play, eventually we moved to the park to play football, which was a great idea. And we used to play tackle football in the dirt. Now we don't play it because, you know, insurance reasons, we got jobs and stuff we can't <laughs> afford to get hurt. <laughs> so do you think playing sports helped us as adults now? In what way? And, okay, in team building ways, strategizing, exercising, um, building people skills, organization skills, because you used to organize a lot of the games as well. Yeah, that's funny because... In that sector, I went the other way because I used to organize so much. I have to call this person, I got to call that person. You got five people, you got seven, got to add it up. Yo, we need two more. It's a lot of people I got to touch base with. Now it's like I'm lazy. I don't even want to play in anything anymore. Yeah. Um, in the aspect of does it help us? Yes. Um, but like I said, right, nowadays if you want to play, it's hard to gather so many people yeah, to go is. play a pickup game. Yeah. If you join this season or whatever in this league, have a mandated time, you know, like a schedule. Mm -hmm. So you can just meet up, play for that hour or so, and then go back home, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's the concept I have behind it. Um, when you talk about that guy with the glass and the Clorox, maybe he's racist, but he's right. Right? We all own cars now, or we drive, or we understand owning. <laughs> he didn't have a car, though. Yeah, but look at it, right? He didn't want us playing on his block. But people would always say, yo, I don't want you hitting my car. Yeah. And we'd be like, no, we're not going to hit your car. We hit his car, the alarm goes off, what do we do? We, we run. run. <laughs> yeah. Right? And then we and then the guy comes out, turn us off alarm, no one's there. And guess what? Twenty minutes we're back in the same block playing, but nah, that wasn't us. But as an adult now you look like, come on man, I'm not stupid. Like I know what you guys. <laughs> so if it was my car, I feel somebody, nah, don't play it. You gotta play up the block. <laughs> nah, I'm like a got no no no, I know how that works. Cause I used to play as a kid on the block. You gotta play up the block. You know, like stuff like that. Um, we as kids, we're just oblivious to it. True. You know, um one of the things like I tell my kids too, like when we were younger, we can't wait till we grow up, right? Yes. Now it's like, uh, we wish we were young, we wish we was your age. It's like, no, no. Like some things I, I realize kids take for granted is just being active, right? Like as a kid, you had a hat, you might just take your hat and run. Just just goofing around, you're chasing me. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? That deals with just the celebration, the agility. And yeah. I go out there back. I take his French right room. Yo, stop playing. Boom, go chase me. Those little moments, we don't do as adults. So when are we active? Mm. Not unless we want to, unless we want to go to the gym. Unless we're doing adult activities. Yeah, I mean, you do that too, but <laughs> as a kid, you just do it all the time. Just little things like that you take for granted. Mm. You have so much time to do it now, responsibilities. It's yeah. tough. It does make it much harder when you get older. And I think that's why when you get older, it's easier to get obese or get the daddy stomach, mm -hmm. things of that nature. You know, you're sitting around. If you work a nine to five, sometimes you work a desk job where you just sit there all day, you eat because you're depressed, because you hate your job, going into work every day, blah, blah. And then, you know, you have bills and responsibilities and you start adding up, adding up, adding up. And then you wish you was a kid that was just playing outside that could play all day, all day long and not have a care in the world, you know? Uh -huh. That sedentary lifestyle, I mean, it's rough. Um, like I said, nine to five responsibilities. Like I, I hear kids all the time, oh, I'm tired, I can't, can't be tired, you're a kid. You know, your moms might have a job, they might go to school, they gotta pay for bills, they gotta cook for you, they're tired. 
But they can't say they're tired and not do this stuff. They still got to do it. You as a exactly. kid can't tell me you're tired. For what? Exactly. And now that we adults and we got jobs, bills, responsibilities, children, we understand it more. But I think when we were younger, we didn't understand it at all. We didn't understand, like you said, the importance of having a car. We didn't understand the importance of like other kids from other neighborhoods coming to play on our block and messing things up and making noise and bringing trouble. We didn't understand like you know we shouldn't be rowdy and fighting. We didn't understand about we shouldn't cut class and just try to stay in school and graduate and. Even with getting good grades, like you said, you know, um, the higher you go up in education, the higher the, the demand and the pressure is to do better. Because if you claim that you're better, you got to do better, you know. And it's like what they say, as cliche as it may sound, even Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility. And you want to be an adult in America, you got to live up to all these expectations and these responsibilities. And you see that there's a there's a... A good saying that goes, if you do what is hard, your life will be easy. If you do what is easy, your life will be hard. My motto is, uh, life is hard. I want to try to make it as easy as possible. So I have the other aspect. Because people always talk about how hard life is, right? So that's what we're always taught. You always got to strive for greatness. You got to work hard, work your butt off, you know, so you can have a better life, right? So we all understand that. Um, so yeah, so how I feel like since life is hard, I'm to make it as easy as possible. So honestly, when like when I went to college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I don't know what job I wanted. But then when someone someone to be a phys ed teacher, I go, what's that? They go, oh, you know, think about what your gym teacher did in high school. Thought about it. I said, oh, they rule up the ball and said, have fun. Yeah, go do easy. That. Especially was, Mr. Brody. Shout out to Mr. Brody. <laughs> Back in 211. <laughs> that man didn't do nothing. He taught us for like <laughs> 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and sat down with his leg crossed. For the rest of the day. But that's what I'm saying. Like, just even think about that aspect, it's not as easy as I thought. Mm -hmm. I went to school, I had to learn about muscles, learn about bones, learn, you know, exercise physiology, kinesiology, anatomy. So I was like, whoa, I thought it was easy. I thought it was this, but it wasn't. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's why, I like, even now, like, I teach for Zed, I want to sell my stuff. But a lot of these other teachers, like, they, they hate when I say this, but, like, they go home, grade papers, they grade create projects, exams, mm -hmm. if you have an 8th grade class, 7th grade class, every day that's two different lessons, right? Mm -hmm. But for me, if you're in 6th grade, 7th grade, 8th grade, I'm playing kickball. There's no difference. And next week, you come back, guess what? You play kickball again, because you have fun. Mm -hmm. Where math class, you come back tomorrow. It's a brand new lesson. I can't teach the same thing I taught yesterday. Yeah. That's the difference, I think. Um, so do you got to come up with a lesson plan? Yeah, we got a lesson plan. Because um, you got to, just like how classrooms have units, we have units and stuff like that. Like, um... What did I do? Like, when I taught volleyball, I had to go through bumping and setting and then rotation and then serving and then oh, going yeah, to like yeah. mini games, kind of like going in a circle, bump the ball around before yeah. you actually play a game with a net. And but most of the time, they only give you like one one class of teaching you how to play a certain sport in gym. Then all the other classes where you play that same sport, you just do whatever you want to do after that. It's still like right, that or so is it different? It, it depends on the person. Um, we don't have a. So, for example, if you're a seventh grade math teacher, you have to teach this because you have to teach this for the state exam, right? Okay. There's no mandate saying, I have to teach volleyball, I have to teach basketball, I have to teach that, right? Mm -hmm. There's certain things I do have to do, but sports-wise, I don't have to teach science-specific. When it comes to that now, like, it's easier because, remember, once you teach the skills, have practice for a while, mm -hmm. you get into teams and you go tournament play. Yeah. Once you go tournament play, you, you're kind of just chilling. Team one plays team two, team three plays team four, go. Then you have a schedule set up next week, you come back, look what your next game is. Team four plays team two, team three 
place. Team one mm -hmm. is that conscious monitoring. They're not really active moving. See the difference? Like um, that's what teachers try to get to. They get, try to get to that tournament stage where they're not doing as much teaching. They're kind of just in tournaments now. You just set it up and keep it going. Yeah, I figured that's what it was. That's real. So do you like it like that or? Um, I teach a lot. Um, have young kids. You can't give out the ball until the kids have fun in like kindergarten or first grade or third grade. Um, but the older kids, I'm a seventh, eighth graders. Um, they're fine. I'll, like I love my eighth graders. They're older. Mm. Um, they're more mature. They can handle it better. Um, especially high schools. High school is different. I was high school three years. But I mean, high school is different. You'll get the kids who are now. Oh, I don't want to play. I just want to sit there on the side. And be on their phone. Yeah, um, and that, that's what makes it difficult sometimes. Oh, they bring, you can bring their phones in high school? Depends on the administration of what their rules are. Okay, okay. Um, so one of the high schools that are there, they put, they're supposed to come up with their phones in pouches with their kids. They know how to pop open a pouch, just use their phone at the end, put it back in the pouch, just give it back. So they have to unlock their pouch for them. Like, they, there's certain things and gimmicks that they use. Mm. Um, but the thing is, like, at high school, you fail, as you all know, you summer school. That, that's the only thing. Um, high school is a little bit easier where, like, I'm not calling the house anymore. You know, like, in middle school, you fail kids, parents come in, how can you even tell me if my child was doing that? So high school, they used to have, like, you know, like, when parents come to see the teachers, right? Yeah, but if you don't do that no more. No, they do. But think about how many parents actually show up. Parents show up. Uh, not a lot, not a lot when it right? comes to high school. Because think about it, like, if, if your mother comes in to me and your kid is 16, 17 years old, why did my kid fail? He never should go shows up to the seat. He's not prepared. He's not in uniform. Do you really remember house for that reason? Like your child is 16, 17. He's about to be an adult. Mm. Right? Now, if you're 12, 13, a parent comes to me, now I actually got to respond. When they say, how can you inform me, let me know. Kind of like I could understand they're young enough. Right? Like, same thing. If I have a kindergarten kid who came unprepared today, who was it, the five year old's fault? It's the parent's fault. I think the five year old remembered that he had presented today in my class today? Probably not. Right, so it comes to different things, right? Different kids. You have a couple shout outs. Um, Daryl, shout out to Daryl. He said facts. Um, sh um, shout out to Mike Rob. Mike Rob said shout out to my dog Andy Wong. <laughs> um, we also got Bobby Kessler Feather Mac, and he said my son Wong. Andy, so shout out to Bobby. Bob we're looking, looking y'all. Kanasi in the house. So, yeah, man. Um, current events. The Mueller investigation is supposedly up, and they claim that they found no collusion um, with Russia, right? Or yeah, Germany. Trump had a field day yesterday. Yeah, he had fun because he kept saying, oh, I told you guys this was a witch hunt. I told you guys this was a witch hunt. But the thing is that his people are still getting caught up, you know, um, with a lot of crimes, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Going to prison. So, yeah, because for the most part, Donald Trump's lawyer was snitching. Like, he was snitching, so... I guess from him snitching, he just opened the book on a lot of people, on a lot of different people, and then that caused it to be what it was. And I don't know. I think, I think Donald Trump being the person that he is, even if he did something, he would never get caught. Um, it's like I was watching a show the other day, and it said a rich man have a way of avoiding the consequences and penalties that the poor man does. Do you guys believe that? Yeah, I can see yeah, that. Yeah, money, because money buys things. You got money, you got power. Mm. That's what it is. Especially in America. So how much money do you guys think that you would need to have that kind of power? Like over $100 million? I think 
deals with money and kind of like your status, yeah. right? Because how Donald Trump is, besides him as the president, he has so many different connections. Yeah. It's more so the connections you have also. So if you have the money, like if I won the lottery, that's not going to help me. I have a lot of money, but I don't have the actual connections. Unless you start using your money to lobby connections and power. Yeah, but if I get caught up right away, it's hard. True. Right? I don't know anybody. Like I don't know who this guy is. He's got money. Acts around. No one knows of him. Whereas if he, the judge, or you know whoever, gets caught up for bribery now, now he's got, and he doesn't even know who I am. Mm. You know? Yeah. Um, I read an article the other day that said that 40% of the wealth in the United States belongs to 1% of the population. And the other 60% is divided amongst the, the lower rich class, the lower lower rich class, um, the middle class, and then the poor, the money that the poor has is so little that they can't even show on the board. And they said that to be considered poor in America, you got to make less than, I believe, 29000 a year for a family. Um, that's the deficit for the, for the poverty line. So what do you guys think of that? Because one person making 29000 a year is, is broke. So imagine, nope, sorry. The poverty guideline is 25100 For a family of two parents and two children, the poverty threshold is $24,858. I remember when I first graduated college, my first job out of college, I was making about twenty-eight thousand a year. Um, that was about maybe what thirteen, fourteen, fifteen dollars an hour, something like that. And I was barely surviving. I was living at home with my mom and dad. So imagine somebody with a whole family. How are they supposed to survive over twenty or twenty-five thousand a year? And if they make over twenty-five thousand, let's say if they make twenty-six, twenty-seven then they don't qualify for food stamps and and Medicaid. So they will have to be paying insurance out of pocket or get it through their employer. And they have to buy food for themselves. Like, what do you guys think about that? Because not a lot of people really think, like, you think, okay, the people, the, the rich people are rich, but the rich people are rich, rich. Like, rich, rich. Like I said, 40% of the wealth in the U.S. is owned by only 1% of the people in America. That's crazy. I mean, it's it's hard, right, to kind of explain, like, because on the other end, it's a lot of these big business owners, and these big businesses are big conglomerates, right? It's kind of like connections, and the thing with that is, they have all this money, yeah, but should they just stop making money? You know, like, what do you want them to do? Besides, like, giving back, they're always going to make the money, right? It's these big corporations that make money. What do you, how do you want them to stop it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, now, on the other end, on the poverty line, that, that is a shame, right? Um, however, the problem I see, it's the middle class is, is But what there's barely any middle up. class left. But that's the whole point, right? Because the rich people pay stuff off, they don't get to pay taxes, right? Mm -hmm. And all these lower-end poverty, they have government assistance. It has to come from somewhere. The middle class is who pays for it, where I think the high end... But why do middle class have to pay for it when... Because, the, like, like we said, the... The people who make so much money, they have all these connections. They get tax write-offs. They get all they get all these things where they don't have to pay for certain things. So who gets stuck paying for it? The middle class. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That I think is the issue. Um, when it comes to poverty, it's a shame, but I don't think there's much we can do. Um, it it's a whole big thing. Like 
one person, I don't think, could really make a difference. It takes a lot of people. And when you have these big names already in office, you can't kick them out. You can only do much. Even if you get one guy in, he can't infiltrate the whole system and change it up. That's just how it's set up. I mean, mm. survival of the fittest is the best way I could say That's it. Surprising. That sounds messed up, but... Well, survival of the fittest is one thing, but the thing is, they're saying that basically that the poor are blamed for being poor based on their own actions. And um, back in the 1980s, the way that they tried to levy that is that they'll give incentives to people that were married versus to people that was poor because they said that the, um, the poverty was being caused by single families, like single parent families. And so they put initiatives for those that got married because they felt that once there's a joint income in the home, it would limit the amount of people within poverty. But people felt that it was that people's moral ethics was being attacked versus to their, um, I guess, their overall economical standpoint. Because people felt like it was their choice why they were poor. Like you said, survival of the fittest. Then we could apply Darwinism where they say, okay, um, evolution, survival of the fittest. But at the same time, there was systematic systematic things that that was created that caused these things to happen. It didn't just happen by mistake. Mm -hmm. Certain people got blessings where they got the upper hand, they got tax breaks, they got initiatives, they got money. Other people didn't get those things. Instead, they received NYCHA, Section 8 housing, and food stamps. And they was like, hey, hold this L. I see what you're saying with that. But I mean, it goes both ways, right? Like, if I was a boss somewhere and I have a job opening, mm -hmm. right, and these random people apply, Mm -hmm. My cousin applies, or if you're not applying, your boy applies. Like, yo, Wong, my boy's looking for a job. I heard you're hiring. They fit. What's up? Like, yo, send them in. Let's see. Who do you think I'm probably gonna hire? Someone I know, right? Yeah, of course. It's kind of like what we say, favoritism. But sometimes I work that jobs. Oh, that's my stuff. This boss got favoritism. Yeah, but if you was an and you was the favorite of the favoritism, you ain't got no problem with it. Exactly. So you can't complain when it goes against you. You know what I'm saying? Um, the systematic stuff. I don't really understand understand it because I'm not in it. You mm. know what I'm saying, right? I'm not there. I can only speak from my point of view, right? So when you look at these big um, echelon of people who looks out for the people, I understand it. I'm just not on that end of it, right? Because if I was there, I would like to give back also, but then it's like if I could make more, why not, right? Like people always are looking for ways to be better or do more, right? Kind of like what you learn in a job above and beyond, mm. right? So if I'm making money, why can't I go above and beyond? Mm -hmm. and try to make more. I mean, eventually you reach this comfortability level where I don't want to work as hard to make more because I'm comfortable where I'm at. I'm not going to kill myself even more, right? Sure. Um, when I look at the bottom end, um, it's like they're getting a lot of the help, right? Um, where like government assistance, where sometimes in reality, like if you're an animal unwell, that doesn't happen, right? Um, wow. You get what I'm saying? Like, so some other things, it's like, it's kind of like, like, like how you always hear it. There's some people that come from that level and make it somewhere. Mm -hmm. And some people that don't, right? It's your will to do it. I'm not saying everyone can do it because I always hear about certain things where, like, they are being held down. Yeah, of course. But if you're just going to complain, mm -hmm. that's never going to fix anything, right? You have to be able to get through it somehow. And it's not easy, mm -hmm. but, you know, that's the only way because you keep complaining, it never gets you anywhere. We have comments from Angela Lewis. Um... Let's see. Let's see what she says. She says, do not put that energy out there like the Donald Trumps as extraordinary power. Everything is cause and effect. It will catch up with them just like the way you treat Obama is now. And now it 
now is get it back the same or worse treatment. Okay, somebody need Grammarly. Um, it is disgusting when someone has a platform and they talk about weakness. <laughs> Thanks a lot. And um, the fact is many people with privilege are supported by many people that don't want to hurt them. Just like a successful brother or sisters, a boss, a kind neighbors. Any comments on that or it's just <laughs> you I think I think um Donald Trump is gonna pay for, for, for what he's for what he's doing. I don't think now, but I think in the long run he's gonna pay. The way it seems to me. Because CNN and MSNBC was very distressed about him not having not getting caught up with collusion. But if, if that's the if the truth is the truth, the truth is the truth, you know what I'm saying? It is what it is, um at the um at the end of the day and everything like that. Yeah, and I think um all things come to light eventually. That's just the way the world works. Yeah. Um, I feel like with a platform, you're able to talk about whatever you want to talk about, but anyone that's watching is entitled to your own opinion. I mean, it is what it is. How you feel is how you feel. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's real. Um, how you guys feel about the situation with the um, the man, the father who committed suicide um, from um, the high school from Parkland, Florida? Was that from the Sandy Hooks? No, no, no. no, no, no. Recent, but I don't know that story. This happened like yesterday and everything like that. So explain that. What happened? So I think, basically, I think, you know, I think with the environment in regards to what parents experienced um, by losing children, I think it, I know for a fact that, you know, when you lose a loved one, it, it, it weighs on you a lot. You know what I'm saying? Um, you, see, you see death, you see destruction, you know, you're burying your son or you're burying your daughter. It's a lot, and you know if you don't get proper counseling and proper help, you know, um, especially in in a sensitive um, situation like that, there's a possibility that you you can commit suicide. Mm. So you I know, think this Angela Lewis lady is just trolling because she keeps saying random stuff in very poor English. She says slavery was encouraged. Now we have power to cortel cortel it. You could block her. <laughs> like I said, man, it is what it is. Maybe she'll fix it. Let her go. Maybe she'll fix it. Yeah. But, um, I just feel like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, especially situations like that, I feel like, you know, um, you know, parents need counseling, parents need support, parents need encouragement, parents need words of affirmation. You know, it's hard being a parent, to be honest. No, facts. It is hard. It's hard. It's very stressful. I believe it's hard. Like, like today, I'm at work, you know, I work in my own nine to five. I'm trying to start up this company, you know, me, you, Pastor Pierre, shout out to Pastor Pierre, Judith, Adele, and everybody else that's part of the real world. And, you know, I get a text from my wife about my kid kicking some lady, screaming, saying that the babysitter's kidnapping him, like, you know, and it's like all these stresses come to come into fruition all at the same time, and you got to deal with it. And it's like, you got to roll with the punches, like, like, being a parent is a job that you can't wake up one day like, I don't want to do it no more. I mean, some people do it, you know, they just walk <laughs> out and don't come back again. <laughs> but, you know, like, uh, that that one is hard. Like, even last night, um, the baby wouldn't stop crying. And I was just sitting there until, like, 12, like, at midnight, just sitting there on the couch. And then I look at her, hoping that she's falling asleep. She's, she looked back up at me like, ha I'm not sleeping yet. And it's like... Like, you know, like, that's just part of the things, you know. It's 
it's a very rewarding job, but at the same time, it's a 24-hour job that, like, never stops, you know? And I can understand why some people, like, it's not for them, you know? Some people, like, yo, it's not for me. Like, that whole parenting thing is not for me. Like, I, like I'm not going to try to do it. It's not for me. No, thank you. Some people are, like, they just head on straight with it. They're like, all right, like, I'm going to do this. This my generation is going to come after me. They're going to pave the way for others, and I'm going to jump head into it. But there's some people that are like, nah, I'm good. I'm going to just take care of myself. I don't have to worry about another life. I don't want to have to worry about all of that. And that's it. I mean, sometimes you just got to grind it out. It's like in anything, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a long process. Um, when they get older, as you always hear, it's, it's a little bit more relaxing. Yo, she said, she said, cartel equals... Avoid. She said, criticizing my English while I'm driving and dictating doesn't sound too good on and your part. A-N-D. I'm only applying the feedback. Yeah, you shouldn't text and drive. Um, safety first. Yeah, safety first. You know, I hope you buckled in. Because, wait, you're watching us on Facebook Live and driving and texting? Like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> and you're giving advice to us? <laughs> Oh man, where these people come from? They watch it, but um, like I said, man, you know, kudos to all the fathers out there who's taking care of their business. Kudos to all the mothers out there taking care of their business. Um, it's 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 a blessing to have children. Also, it's a blessing to have children. So, definitely. Mm. Wow. Um, so, how much children you plan on having? Maybe like four, three four. or four. Sheesh. That's a lot. What about you, Andy? Two, maybe three. It's about mm -hmm. it, man. It's about that, man. Two and a half? Yeah. Two and a half kids, uh, a dog? I'll pick your family. Oh, I'll take a dog? I got to do it now. Well, exactly. So, what, a boy or a girl? What if you end up with two girls? Are you going to go back for a boy? Daddy's a boy. Yeah, probably. Depends <laughs> how old I am. Depends how old I am. Daddy's a little girl, right? Yeah. Two times. Exactly. And it's really like that, though. Like, little girls really do like their daddies. It's crazy. Um, was about to ask you. So I know school's about to be done. How you feel about that? You got three more months left, right? Uh, three more months left. You mean two more months? Cause spring April's break coming too, right? Uh, yeah, spring breaks in like three weeks. You still got April, May, and June. Once June hits, it's a little bit more relaxing, but it's two problems. Summer school? No, the kids get wild. They know it's the end of the year also. Oh wow! Right, that that's the hard part. The kids know it's the end of the year, so you still gotta manage, right? But you know the school year's over. Um. How old are your kids? Uh, like the kids that you Five teach? to about 13 or 14. Okay, okay. But then I coach high school, so they're a little bit older. Mm. Um, there's things that, certain things that certain teachers look at, um, depending on what you teach. You'll look at uh, state testing. Once state testing kind of finishes, you kind of... Have, they still have regions, right? Um, high school still have regions in June. Okay. But I feel like the grades three through eight they have state testing and like okay. May and stuff. Okay. Um, so once they get through that for their major, they're a little bit more relaxed. Um, some jobs have like audits and stuff. Okay. We have some observations where administration comes in, they watch you teach grade you on it. So once those are done, you're kind of in the clear. Wow. Mm -hmm. um, certain things, but just a few more of those and I'm all right. What do you guys think about Rob Gronkowski retiring with three rings, a couple Super Bowl? Man, he's a legend. And he's a legend. I mean, um, that's not my team, but um, I feel like, you know, what he has contributed to the NFL, 
and um, who, who he is as a human being. He's awesome. I feel like he really made that brand um, the dynasty that it, 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 it is and it was. So shout out to him and kudos to him of what he um, wants to do for the rest of his life. And um, yeah, he's a legend. He's a legend, definitely. Do you think he's the best tight end in the history of the NFL? No, I think he's one of the best, but I don't think he is like... So, so who do you think is better than him? I mean, I can't think of right now, but like there's there's several others that are that are great as well too. You feel me? I feel like he's one of the best. So what about you, Eddie? Who you think? I don't know who is the best. I think he had a good career. Mm. Um, his body been breaking down the last few years because yeah, of injuries. Fine. Um, if I had to name some top tenants that I know about, I don't know who's actually better. Yeah. You still have Antonio Gates still playing. Um, Tony, Tony Gonzalez. Um, yeah, Tony Gonzalez, who retired. Um, people talk about Shannon Sharp, but I don't really know him. Know him. He was in the 90s. I was still kind of young. Yeah. But he um, was nice, though. Yeah. He was um, nice. Same about some people. Son, I used to play for the Giants. Um, I forget his Jamie name. Shockey? Yeah, Jamie Shockey. Oh, Jamie Shockey was amazing. Yeah, but when you look at career, it's like you're amazing for a few years, but you're amazing for your career. There's a difference, right? Yeah. Like Antonio Gates is still playing. I mean, he, I think he retired now, mm-hmm. but he's still playing. Rob Gronkowski played eight years. Yeah. You know, so there's a little difference. Even though he did eight years. Is Jermaine Shaggy still playing? Uh, I don't think so, right? I don't think yeah. Done. I think Ron Gronkowski played about um, 10 years, right? Yeah, I think from, ten. from the age of 20 to 30. I think so, yeah. Antonio Gates is still playing. Yeah. I mean, up to this year, I think Antonio Gates started before him and ended at the same time as him, essentially, right? Yeah. Um, but the difference is the rings, right? The championships. Depends how you look at it. Yeah, look, all right, I'm going to tell you what I noticed, right, Yeah. Um, from my sports management degree. A lot of people are fans of whatever team they're part of, right? Yeah. Not to talk bad about certain teams, but people go, oh, like the Knicks, they always make bad decisions, right? But you got to remember, you're a fan rooting for a team that's winning a championship, right? Mm-hmm. As a owner, I might go, I don't care about winning a championship. I'm you making money. Making money yeah. Like, for example, I would never be able to compete with the Warriors, why am I putting out so much money and I know I won't bring a championship here? They used to suck back in the day, but, but now it's a different situation. But think about it. As owners, there's only one team that wins a championship. If I can make it to the playoffs and make bonuses, meaning make extra money because I have playoff games, then fine. It's a business. We're looking at it as a team winning championships. These players sometimes are doing it as a job. Yeah, We're looking at them, they want to win a championship. They're not there for a championship all the time. Calvin Johnson retired early. He could have still kept playing. He doesn't have championships. No, that's it's a fact. Right. But there's guys who really love the game. Though. There's guys right. who join. They love the game. They love the money. And, but uh-huh. they do love the game. They do love the bragging rights. And it's that that played just for the championship. Like yeah, like KD money. going to Golden State. He did it for the championship. Yeah. And there's people that never won a championship ever. You look at them like, wow, is their career ending? Like, look at all the people that, that never won a championship because of Jordan. Yeah, I mean, but that comes with the territory, right? You could try as much as you want, but sometimes you just can't get past that roadblock, right? There's always someone better than you sometimes, like that concept. True. Um, you know how, like, we're always taught hard work pays off? It's a great line. It's not necessarily true. Mm. Right? Why, why do you say that for? Because I could work as much as I want. There could always be someone better than me. That's a fact. Because like, a CEO makes... a fact of life. They yeah. said that a CEO of a company makes about an hour what his lowest or his most average worker makes in i think a day or a week or something like that and it's and i can see what's wrong with it but it's not really wrong with it if but they I'm don't the really do nothing <laughs> but that's the thing right i own it i'm the brain behind this or if i'm not the brain 
I hire somebody who's the brain. Mm. I understand you're in the low end. You're doing all the work and helping make my money. But what do you want to do? You ain't get paid the most. I'm not getting paid nothing. I'm without me. This business don't run. Exactly. Without the little guy, you can say the business don't run either. But I can always hire somebody else. True. That's the difference, right? Not so much. You could always hire somebody else. Cause college pump out workers every day, right? Okay. I guess. I guess that's. I guess you 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 say in a way that's slavery. The only difference is you're you're getting paid a wage versus to back then when it was slavery you got room and board, but now you get paid a minimum wage to slave yourself. You know. Define how would you define slavery is the real question. Well, I guess you could say you a a dentured servant because you sign on a contract to work about seven hours a day for a certain amount of fee, and within that seven hours they they basically afflict you. Now here's the difference. You signed on. Slavery you didn't choose. True. Right? So now you could choose not to work that job. That's completely fine. If you're gonna be a farmer and then that's what you're living with, that's fine. But if you don't have a job and you can't support yourself, what are you doing? No one's forcing you to work. That's why I don't think it's slavery, right? You have a choice. You could work this job, this job, this job, or that job. Certain jobs you can't get because it's not an opening, certain jobs you can't get because of credentials. Mm. I don't think it's slavery. You might say it's slavery work because like you're killing yourself, right? Because I know when I was young growing up, when I was um, in college and stuff like that, I worked 20 hour shifts, 30 hour shifts at jobs. Why? Because I worked the overtime. But when I really think about it, it's like, man, I'm doing all this work, the company's making all the money. I'm making this chump change of whatever I'm making per hour, mm. right? But it, like I said, I chose that. They True. didn't say you have to come and work 30 hours. There's a difference. Slavery is you have to do this. If you don't get, guess what? I don't know, whatever happens, happens. But you know, that. It's slavery mentality, if you might look at it that way, but it's not slavery, it's not, you have to do it. True, you can walk away at, at any time, but you kind of have to do it in a sense that you have to support your family. Yeah, you survive. A lot of people that work certain jobs, they don't want to be there. As in, mm -hmm. perfect example, when we were kids, like, like I worked at McDonald's, and working at McDonald's, I had to clean the bathroom, mop the bathrooms, um, um, put fries in the thing, but most of the time I just did cleaning at that time. But I knew that if I didn't do what I had to do in regards to go to school and get an education where I get a better paying job, I'll be stuck doing that my whole entire life. Eventually, I did get a degree, and then I got an office job sitting behind a desk. I didn't do manual labor, but now it switched to mental labor. And some people think that there's a difference between manual and physical and it's manual a lot. It's a lot and of work. mental. It's a lot of work. Both of them is a lot of work because the mental it could it could hurt you a lot. Yeah. Like you know, like people coming all the time, especially like. In my field, when where people depend on me, you know, and sometimes you gotta push paperwork against certain, um, what's the word, bureaucracies, and they have their politics and red tape that you gotta go against. And the person, we say the lay person, quote unquote, or the average person, they don't know about these things, and so they think it's with a snap of the finger. Since you're sitting behind the desk and you're pushing a paper and you're sitting behind a computer, all you do is type and things happen, and it doesn't happen that way, and that could cause mental, sometimes a mental illness. Because sometimes in those fields, you take a a mental health day where you take a day off, to, <laughs> yeah, to recoup, and they and they build that into the contract to give you personal days on top of sick days for you to recoup from that. You know, and sometimes you would rather just push them out because you don't gotta think much, just push them out. Yeah. And clean and keep it pushing. Because if you ever see most times, janitors be the happiest people at some offices. They just whistle. Do whatever they want to do, mop the floor, and they chill most time. Go outside, smoke a cigarette, come back upstairs, flirt with the girls. <laughs> they tell them, hey, do this, do that. Like, okay, cool. And they come right back and they're chilling. 
You on the other hand, you on the computer stress, typing, 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 doing paperwork. I mean, I think it's a give and take relationship, right? Exactly what you said it. Manual labor job, don't a lot, a lot of brain work. You get your job, job done, that's it. Most, most of those jobs, not all, you don't get paid as much. Where you go to school, like you said, you do this, you're a thinker. Mm-hmm. It's a mental stress, right? You have to do this, but you get paid more, right? I think on the other end of it, it's also how you take your job, right? If you don't let it bother you, that's fine. But think about you as a kid or you as a person. You go to McDonald's, you go to some place, yo, why is this person taking so long? Why are you doing this? Yo, all they have to do is do this. Like, why? Because right? you kind of give them the same mental stress. You don't know what happened before that, right? Exactly. Um, you don't know their personal life, what they're going through. So same concept. Um, the way I look at it, I remember when I was young, or maybe early 20s, you hear people all the time, they want to go to happy hour. They can't wait till the weekend because that's when they got the days off. Kind of like when you said, oh, people don't like their job, mm-hmm. right? And it happens. And sometimes they get in it so deep, it's, I can't quit now. Meaning it's hard for me to restart and find a new job. I got to grind this out, Yeah. right? That's the hard part. Like when I speak to some kids in high school that's about to go to college, what do you, wanna, what do you think you want to study in college? They'll tell me whatever. And I go, here's the best advice I'll give you. Because college is not for everybody, as we all know, right? No, it's so, not. So I tell them, whatever you go for college, whatever your majors, before you even graduate it, figure out what jobs you get from that degree and how much you're getting paid. If you don't think you like it, then you're going to finish a college degree and not do anything with it, like a lot of people do. A lot of guys go to school and they major in labor, in labor arts. Like, yeah, okay. but I'm saying they'll major in something like communications or something where they won't even use a degree, psychology. I'm saying stuff like that, anthropology, sociology, stuff like that. And then what I tell people is, if you can't, if you have no idea what you're doing when you're like 24, 25, because you, you're not going to remember a whole big conversation when you're 18, get a government job because it pays a pension. Yeah, true. For me, it's when I went to college, same thing. Like, I, had, I know I spoke to people that wanted to major in other things, and then they go, school is hard. And they go, what do you major in? I said, phys ed. You know what they did? Changed their major. The phys ed major, now they're gym teachers just like me. <laughs> Where? Yeah, like, I had a few people that switched over. But, I mean, when you do that, right, it's now when I look at it, it's not the greatest job, but I enjoy my job. There's stress that comes with every job, don't get me wrong. Of course. But I get to go in. There's no one breathing down my neck. There's deadlines, but I don't have a lot of deadlines. I get to have fun, yeah. play with the kids, and get paid for it. You know what I'm saying? That's the cool part. So, like, I want, so with my job, I look at it, there's times that we, uh, you know, I'm looking forward for a break, but I'm not, not like stressed out, like, oh man, I can't wait for the weekend just to get a break. Like, oh man, and to go get a drink, it was stressful. Like every day you walk in and you know there's certain jobs people go in, before they go in, it's like, oh man, I have a headache today. I don't want to go in. You know, I don't have that every day. You know there's certain days I'm tired. It's not like I'm walking into a headache knowing it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, that's nothing. A lot of people like happy hour. And I think a lot of people live unhappily. That's why when they go home, they'll have, well, they'll go in groups to bars for happy hour, but some of them go home and roll up a spliffy for their happy hour <laughs> to blow off some steam, literally from the day that they had, you know? And I feel like, in a sense, we get caught up in the rat race because we don't have the luxuries that others may have. As in, wealth is passed down from generation to generation. Some get lucky and build wealth within one's lifetime, but some inherit it. And when you inherit that wealth and you have that backing, life tends to be easier where you could, you have the luxury to experiment with other things and you're not in survival mode like a lot of other people are. I can agree with that, um, but there's also one of those where a lot of us decipher or we look at it as money or wealth equals happiness, sure. right? Where you look at other countries, some people are happy, don't have anywhere near the amount of stuff we have, right? Um, and even people who are so wealthy, 
it comes with its own personal problems. Right? You see a lot of these money, wealthy no people who die from drugs, right? Stuff like that. Um, who gets caught up in certain things because now, guess what? You're at the top of the spotlight, you're at the top of the totem pole, people's gunning for you. People want that top spot. Mm -hmm. Stay in the middle, keep your mouth closed, linger around. No one knows about you, kind of all right, living comfortable. Mm -hmm. I think that's like the difference, also. So, you would rather live comfortable, you're saying? Yeah, I'd rather live comfortable. I mean, don't be wrong, if I could be rich, I'd be rich, but I'd rather live comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you were rich, what, what type of rich lifestyle would you live? Um, buy a house, maybe a few houses, something to rent out. Um, depends how rich, but go on vacation a little bit more, see the world, and just live a comfortable lifestyle. I don't need a brand new, brand new car every year. Depreciation, they teach you that, right? Um, you know, maybe a lease, so I don't have to keep worrying about my car, I give it back a brand new one. Yeah. Instead of owning, but I might just own one car just to have one just in case. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm not just live a comfortable lifestyle. I don't need the top end stuff. It's like what they tell you, the rich people. You don't know what they got, huh? Mm -hmm. What is this? This is wearing a t shirt. What are they showing off for? They got it. They got to show off to you. But then again, sometimes they got that plain shirt. It's like, nah, that plain shirt's worth $300. What are you talking about? True. Right? So it goes both ways. But that's one of the things um, Rob Gronkowski said back to him. He said he saved 100% of his NFL salary since he entered the league. He was living basically off of his endorsements and he was living frugally. Like he would wear clothes until the, the clothes couldn't be worn anymore. He would wear the same jeans for seven days straight just to save money. And he said he did not really buy any jewelry. Um, he bought one house and he bought the house next to that house. And he probably had maybe three cars. Um, not super top end, but decent. Um, you know, it wasn't like Lambo and stuff like that. He made, he made wise choices. Yeah, he did what he had to do so yeah. he could retire early. You know? He might not even have to work for the rest of his life if he keeps his money right. Yeah, that means you work to. for, what, eight years, ten years of your life, and that's it, you're done. Yeah. I think he retired with 50-something million dollars. Yeah, smart. Think about us three combined would not make $50 million in our lifetime working a regular job. That's true. Right. And he made more than 50 because, you know, he also has endorsements, you know, and he's going to get even more endorsements because people like his personality and his vibe, you know, he's a cool guy, you know, he never got caught in any drama, yeah. um, he never got caught in any nonsense, you mm -hmm. know, he had a, and he, he was smart when he played dumb, everybody thought he was some big meathead that didn't know much, but he, he knew what he was doing the whole entire time, and I see a pattern when NFL players that a lot of them is retiring early now, it's like they get the big contract, once the contract is done, they retire. And they retired at like 30. There was another one that retired recently, um, the guy from the Lions. Calvin Johnson, they, yeah, Calvin Johnson. Yeah, Calvin Johnson. And a few other ones, like, they just been retiring. And with the, with the whole CTE, um, the brain damage thing, and with all these oh, other with things. The, with, the, with, the, with the young man who, um, who committed suicide, um, what's his name again? Aaron Hernandez, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And they see that there's, there's brain damage, there's, there's, there's a lot of different things that could result from playing the game for too long that they hit for a long time. And a lot of people are like, okay, I'm not, I'm just gonna get my money and go. You know, and you can't really blame them for that. And that's exactly what I'm saying, right? You, they might not be there to win a championship. It's a job for them, right? Yeah. Um, you gotta look at that way, where I want them to be the greatest person that they can, but sometimes I don't wanna be that. 
because there's more risk to it. There's more injuries that can happen. So you get your money done. You get this big contract, you do your thing. Kind of like um, the running back. I sat out a whole year, so I'm not gonna take this one year contract because one big injury, I'm done. Mm. Right? There's people that do that because it's a thing about it. When you hear teams that cut people all the time, especially in football, because football contracts are not guaranteed. Basketball yeah. contracts are guaranteed. Baseball contracts are guaranteed. Football isn't. Yeah. So so then when they go, yeah, you, I get injured here, but cut me like this. You know, easy for me to get hurt. Right? Exactly. They take their money and they go. Yeah, that's the same thing Rob Gronkowski said. He said he saved all his money because he did not know at what point he was going to get caught. I mean, get cut. Same thing with the quarterback from the Vikings. He lived in his parents' basement while he was signed as a starting quarterback because he said at any point that he would get cut. So it's basically in a do or die situation. Even though you got these millions, you know you can lose at any time. Gotta be smart, gotta be wise. Wow. So, um, any closing thoughts? Let's say 27. Anything you guys want to say? Uh, okay, what advice would you have for the kids that was going through the same things as well, you? I guess, job, the, I guess the growing pains that you had growing up and the way you turned your life around, what advice would you have for a kid that's, that was going through the same thing that you was going through in high school? Live, learn, learn from your mistakes, if not learn from other people's mistakes. Other than that, don't look at the future where, how, where do you want to be? How do you plan to get there? If you have no idea, at some point in time, mid-20s, early-20s, you better start figuring out by then. Because once 30 hits, somewhere around then, you're either going to have kids or you don't want to have kids. And you need to be able to put that together. And living in New York, it's rough. Yeah, An amazing show. So like I said, you did a phenomenal job. So we thank everybody for watching. Shout out to everybody that's been watching. Shout out to everybody that's been supporting. Shout out to everybody that, you know, tuned in for today, you know, even the trolls. And we thank all of you for watching and continue supporting the real work. Um, subscribe to the YouTube um, at the Real Word TV on YouTube, the Real Word TV on YouTube, at the Real Word TV on Instagram, the Real Word TV on Instagram, um, the Real Word 7, that's the Real Word 7 on Facebook. And you can donate at GoFundMe.com backslash the Real Word. So he goes up. Father, we pray that you may continue to order our steps and strengthen us and keep us in your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We thank you all for watching. Take care, everybody.